Super Talk Mississippi media production. Kickstart your adventure now with a new Gud Golf Cart from Country Carts of Brookhaven. Gud Golf Carts are assembled right here in Mississippi with the best features around. And best of all, they're street legal. Country Carts of Brookhaven, 401 Highway 51 South, phone 601-748-0454. Guys, I'm back. Did I miss anything? I don't know. I I picked the absolute worst time. The worst time to go on vacation. I really did. Because I left. What day did I leave? Saturday morning. And literally everything in the sports world happened I left, I swear. I mean, the absolute worst time. But I'm glad to be back and glad that you guys are with me after a uh, four-day hiatus on the live stream. I'm back in the saddle. Ready to talk about this stuff with you. The expansion, the SEC officially has gone to 16 teams. You know, they said in the release that it's going to execute in 2025 slash 26. It's going to happen much sooner than that. But officially official today is, or yesterday is the day that Texas and Oklahoma formally have joined the Southeastern Conference. So welcome in. My name is Michael Borky. Glad that you guys are with me, as you always are. And if you are a first-time viewer or listener, this, with the exception of this past week, goes uh, goes down every weekday morning. And then when football season comes, we'll be doing some weekend streams as well. Uh, 8 a.m. is when I'll start this on Periscope, which is how most of you watch this right now, on Twitter. So follow me on Twitter at Michael Borky or Sports Talk Mississippi. Also on Facebook, same thing. And YouTube, subscribe to the YouTube channel. I am bad with this pointing thing. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Search my name on YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, numbers went up when I was gone. Uh, so that was cool to see. Pulling that up this morning and seeing that uh, more of you have subscribed to the YouTube channel. I appreciate that. And so subscribe on YouTube. And if you like what you hear, like the video. That would help me a ton. So here we are, officially official Texas and Oklahoma have joined the SEC. Good morning, JP. Glad to see you, man. Uh, you know, I missed this, honestly. I missed doing this. It's weird, I know, but I missed it. And uh, you say, yeah, you don't file for divorce and stay in the house for four more years. And, um, yeah, lots to dive into this morning if I've got the time. Uh, Olympics, Saints, realignment, all that stuff. I mean, it's the, the news is just flowing like crazy right now, which is perfect for the end of July, NFL training camp has begun next week. This time next week, all of your college teams uh, will be doing training camp, which, again, is what we're calling it, training camp. And uh, we're off and running. But for now, Texas and Oklahoma, now that they're officially in, I think that – here's kind of an old man take. I think this needs to end it. It needs to be done now. Now that Texas and Oklahoma are in the SEC, now that the league has gone to 16 teams, I think this needs to be the end of expansion. I think when the Big 12 eventually dissolves, which it's going to, uh, at least I think so, they need to divide amongst the other four power conferences remaining, and that needs to be the end of it. I don't like some of the things that I'm seeing out there. 
I've seen people say that the SEC is going to go to 20, 18, 20. They're going to add two more, four more. They're they're going to talk to Ohio State. They're going to talk to all these programs, and it's going to just keep growing and growing and growing. And I'm weary of that. I don't like that. I think 16 is a good number. I think it's a perfect number to maintain a conference. All the other conferences can get to 16, and you can maintain what is, relatively speaking anyway, what is currently college football because college football is unique, and I like it. It's unique. I do enjoy the conferences having a regional connection. I like that the South Sea. Southeastern Conference is comprised of teams from the Southeast, plus Missouri and now Oklahoma. I like that the Big Ten is northern teams. The ACC, by name, is the Atlantic Coast. The Pac-12 is the Pacific Coast. I, I like that these conferences have these regional ties, and there's th- this kind of puzzle piece put together of leagues and, and conference champions and bowl games and, and the playoff, hopefully an expanded one, I like the current setup of college football. Yes, it needs to be tweaked and altered some, and I've supported a lot of it. I think the playoffs need to grow some. 12 is a perfect number, and it doesn't need to go higher than 12. I do like that the leagues have expanded some. I do want the conference schedule in the SEC to change a a little bit. You know, the, the pod thing makes a ton of sense, and I've got actually a note on that uh, coming up here in a little bit. But College football is fun, generally speaking. There's a lack of parity, and it's a problem. But this isn't going to fix that. Um, so the parity thing's always going to be here. But I like college football. I like how it's set up. I like conferences, a lot of conferences. The way it's currently formatted, my volume dropped? Am I gone completely, or am I just down? This mixer, man. Let me see. Um, I'm going to test this. Let me see. It's good on my end. I, I Inception here, talking to myself. <laughs> uh, but thanks for the heads up, Corey. I hope uh, I hope that uh, it recovered. But I don't like where this is headed. I'm fine with Texas and Oklahoma in the SEC. I talked to you guys last time I was with you. I think about the the pods and how that could work in the SEC and how good of an idea that would be. And we would truly have a conference around here. I like that idea. I'm okay with Texas and Oklahoma joining. I think wrote Austin guys. I know there's when we brought this up on the radio show, we got a lot of text about the politics of the local politics of Austin, Texas. It's a great city. It's a lot of fun. It's a cool road trip, right? Um, It's a cool road trip. Austin's awesome, but at Norman, the same thing. You know, Norman's not going to be your favorite SEC town when you make that visit. It's not going to be your favorite, uh, but it's definitely not the worst. And the in-game atmosphere, the environment in Oklahoma is really cool, and it fits with the SEC. It's a great place to, to watch a game. It really is. Norman is fine. It's not the worst, but you're not going to be like, oh, my God, I got to go back to Norman. But the the environment, the game day there at Oklahoma, really fits perfectly. It's it's nasty. It's loud. There's a lot of people. The stadium's beautiful. Keeps getting upgraded. It, it feels like it fits. I, I I'm fine with it going here. But I think at some point we need to draw a line and say enough is enough. 
that that college football is a good product. Needs some tweaking, needs some altering, but it's a good product. And if this league starts goes from 16 to 18 to 20 to 24, to what end? I don't like the slippery slippery slope argument. I don't use it very often because don't let the slippery slope stop you from doing the right thing, you know? That was my argument with the name, image, and likeness. I think athletes should be allowed to do this. Well, what's next? High school kids? Yeah, I mean, sure, maybe, I guess. But don't let what's next stop you from doing the right thing today, if that makes sense. Um, At what point are we going to stop having what we currently love about college football? At what point is this going to become... Remember the European soccer Super League thing that they tried to do and the fans hated it so much there was so much backlash that they regretted it completely and then the league folded in like 48 hours? Um, At what point are we turning into that? Because it doesn't happen often, but if the SEC keeps expanding like some people think it will, if we go to two super conferences that break away from the rest of college football and they only play each other. Yeah. We'll have compelling games every week. There won't be a weekend like the second to last weekend of the year where Samford and Tennessee tech and Chattanooga and stuff are all on the schedule. But you know what makes college football great? Remember years ago when Appalachian state went to the big house and beat the top 10 Michigan team. Remember that? That doesn't happen anymore. Remember when Louisiana Monroe beat Alabama? That that won't happen anymore. Those games won't even get played. Uh, The beauty of college football is the chaos. And if you make it to where only like-leveled programs are playing each other, some programs are going to lose, first of all. Not lose games, I mean... They're, they're going to cease to exist. But on top of that, the uniqueness of college football is the Appalachian State-Michigan game. It doesn't happen very often, but it happens. The Louisiana Lafayette or Louisiana going to Ames, Iowa and beating Iowa State. You guys remember that? How cool was that? Do we want to get rid of that? I, I don't think so. Or I don't want to. I, I want... And like I've told you guys before, I I grew up on FCS football. Without their opportunity to play Power 5 games, a lot of those programs are going to fold. The same thing would happen to these group of five teams. A lot of them are on tight, tight budgets. There's not as much money in college football in totality as people think there is. At the, the highest level, yeah, there is. But the Conference USA, you think they're just swimming in money right now? Some of these programs, they won't make it if it goes this direction. And that's not the SEC's fault. It's not the SEC's responsibility to prop up Troy. It's not their responsibility. I understand that. Greg Sankey's job is to make his league the best. So I'm not blaming them. But I don't like where we're headed. It it makes the most sense to, to keep 
four Power Five leagues, expand them all out to 16, dissolve the Big 12, and at least you keep some semblance of what we love about college football. We get to keep money going to programs like Southern Miss and Tulane and uh, Southeast Missouri and Presbyterian College when they went and played that game at Ole Miss. And yeah, it was a boring game and Ole Miss beat them by a lot of points. But Presbyterian got to take that money and put lights in their stadium for the first time. And now they get to play night games. I want all of that to still exist as wax poetic as it sounds or whatever. We need to preserve some semblance of what college football has always been. And I don't like where this is headed. The Super League, whatever you want to call it, where like Jay Billis and others have suggested that the SEC is not done. I want them to be. I, I want them to be. Thank you. JP says, die on that hill. Don't let what's looming on the horizon or what's coming next potentially prevent you from doing the right thing today. Negative Nancy's boom roasted. <laughs> um, yeah, this is tough. Um, I want to break away from the NCAA. Not like this, though. I want to preserve power conferences and the group of five. I want to preserve conference championships because I actually in- enjoy them. I, I don't know. It, college football is pretty unique. And it's really great, and it's flawed, and it's quirky, and unpredictable at times. And I love the NFL. I love the NFL. It's a better quality product, right? The football is better. The players are better. There's more parity, if you can believe it, in a 32-team league as opposed to a 132-team league. Um but it doesn't have some of the stuff that college football has. It doesn't have the pageantry, right? And I know that's kind of cheesy, but preserve it. Preserve the pageantry. Preserve some semblance of college football. Stop expanding at 16. The Big 12 dissolve. Send West Virginia to the ACC. Send Iowa State and Kansas to the Big 10. And Oklahoma State and Baylor and Texas Tech and TCU. And who am I missing? Send them off west to the Pac-12. And everything that we love about college football, relatively speaking, stays the same. That's how I would do it. That's what I want to see. I'm worried about what's going to happen. Sam says, what's your understanding of the timeline? Is 2025 set in stone or does UT and OU have the ability to buy out of their existing game slash TV contracts and enter the SEC earlier? Would they both have to do it, or could one act alone? So 2025 is not set in stone. But that is what the contracts say have to go down, has to go down. Because as you guys know by now, the Big 12 owns Texas and Oklahoma's grant of rights until 2025, the summer of 2025. And if they join the SEC before then, as it currently is done, uh, they would have to sacrifice all their TV money to the Big 12 that they receive from the SEC. That's how that would work currently as it sits today. Uh, I mean, I'm sure you guys saw yesterday that the Big 12 is threatening legal action to ESPN and the whole thing's uh, a nightmare. I expect, I suspect that this could happen even as early as next season. 
I think that now that the decision has been made, there are going to be opportunities for buyouts or or whatever the case may be. However, the lawyers figure out how to get out of this. The Big 12 teams that are joining the SEC will figure it out. I expect that it will happen much sooner than 2025. Lawyers are going to do some lawyering. The billable hours are going to be the biggest winner in all of this. And they're going to find a way to buy themselves out of the Big 12 in some way. And I think a wild card in all of this is what the rest of the Big 12 does here. Because the grain of rights thing applies to the teams leaving the Big 12. But what if everybody does? I know it's kind of a silly question, but the the concept or the idea that Bob Bowlesby has to keep the remaining eight teams in the Big 12 together and they're going to fight together and they're going to stick together and they're going to add Memphis or Houston or whoever and, and they're going to be fine and keep on plugging. I don't buy that. I think that you've got everybody in the Big 12 looking around. I think West Virginia is going to lobby the ACC or the Big Ten, probably both, to try to join as soon as humanly possible. Everybody else in the Big 12 is going to be looking out for themselves, and and soon they're doing it right now. They're trying to leave right now because if you don't get on this ship and it sails, you're going to get left behind. It's going to happen. So the wild card in this to me is what happens if the Big 12 ceases to exist soon? You know, West Virginia leaves. Iowa State joins the Big 10. Oklahoma State doesn't want to get left behind. TCU doesn't want to get left behind. They petition the big or the Pac-12 to join their league, and everything suddenly everything folds. That could make things easier, I guess. Uh, although I'm not a lawyer, but yes, I do expect that. I, I think Texas and Oklahoma will be playing SEC football next year. I think that's going to happen. The decision's been made. They've accepted the invitation. The lawyers are going to figure this out. If it means they have to pay a buyout, so be it. They're going to do it. The SEC wants them as soon as humanly possible. Texas and Oklahoma want to be in as soon as humanly possible. The lawyers are going to figure it out. It will not be until 2025. My guess is that it's next year when they start. That's how it feels. And a lot of people have suggested that already as well, that that 2025 number is just what they had to say legally right now. But Again, billable hours are going to figure this out and get it done. I'm not a lawyer, though. <laughs> but they'll figure it out. They always do. It's it's the funny thing about contracts, right, is there's always a way out of them. You, you get the right lawyer, right amount of money behind that lawyer, you get out of those pretty quickly. Sebastian says it's a good point, and I want to point out that the money for the Power Five is diminishing now, too. Fewer subscribers to ESPN, FS1, etc. Cable cutting is a factor now for the Big 12. Luckily, in terms of, of that, though, that is an interesting point for sure. I mean, ratings for everything on television are going down. Um, everything. For a lot of reasons. And it's not just woke culture or, or whatever everything on television is dropping ratings are not good um across the board our, our habits viewership everything is changing access all that's changing the only thing already and it's going to get even worse valuable in terrestrial television is live events specifically sports it's the only thing valuable left 
The NBA, for example, has seen a, a ratings plummet. And I think there's more than just one reason for that as well. The league, um, I think, is in bad shape. And it's not just because of politics, as some people will try to tell you. It's not just that. There's a lot of reasons I think the league is in bad shape. Their viewership has gone down dramatically. Their new TV deal that they sign soon could be a 50 to 75% increase in value. Because the only thing remaining that has value in television is live sports. So football the same way. The NFL just paid out a billion dollars to to everybody. I mean, it's it's a league that just signed a $10 billion contract. Their viewership numbers are holding strong, better than anything else, but they're still going down. College football going down, playoff numbers going down, regular season numbers going down, but there's still nothing that gets put on television that is more valuable, that is seen by more people than college football. Nothing. So, when these negotiations happen, you'd be surprised at how expensive they are, and they will be. Uh, I mean, ESPN and the SEC's new ABC deal hasn't even kicked in yet. They anticipate millions more after Texas and Oklahoma join. Um, It's crazy, honestly how much money there's going to be in sports television moving forward, even for leagues that are losing viewership like crazy because they still draw millions and millions don't watch anything else anymore. It's crazy, but. Sebastian continues and says this has a lot to do with the financial situation at Fox Sports, a greater percentage of its diminishing revenues now allocated to the NFL and Big Ten. Fox Sports was unable to come to the table to negotiate the Big 12's next contract. They are now paying double, about $2.1 billion a year, to air NFL games on Sunday afternoon. Well, the NFL, you you pay whatever it takes to, to be able to own those games, for sure. Um, that's what makes the Big 12's legal, whatever you want to call it yesterday, so fascinating. It's, what do you expect is going to happen here? Sending ESPN a cease and desist letter claiming that they are colluding with your conference members trying to convince them to leave the league and you have to negotiate a contract worth hundreds of millions of dollars, you hope, with them in four years while you lost your two biggest brands. That, I mean... Go about that if you want to, I guess. But I just when I saw the the posturing with the Big Twelve, I thought that's that's a league that knows it's over. That that's a person, that's a group of people that know it's over, and they are just throwing stuff at the wall and hoping it sticks. Because this doing this to ESPN is very bad strategy for when you have to start negotiating your contract, which happens a lot more than four years from now. By the way, you guys know how that works. Um, that tells me this is a, la- a desperation heave to try to stay intact, but they know it's over. At least that's that's what I think. So, by the way, Ross Dellinger, speaking of scheduling in the SEC, Ross Dellinger wrote a story this morning. It's fascinating. I think you should read it uh, about scheduling in the SEC and how this is going to work. There is a uh, 
a growing momentum, apparently. Now, we're in the very early stages, obviously, but according to Ross Dellinger of Sports Illustrated, who's the best when it comes to reporting on stuff like this, it's just the best. Um, there is a growing momentum that we can go to pods, that that is something that is possible. Um, moving to a nine-game conference schedules on the table, it doesn't sound like divisions are, at least in its current form, the most popular situation right now. So, hey, maybe enough people have talked about it to where that's actually on the table. I love that. Uh, of all the negative I've I've said this morning, I love that. The fact that, hey, people internally think the pods thing is a good idea, that it'll work. Maybe they listen to me on here. I don't know. Greg Sankey's a subscriber on YouTube. <laughs> oh, man. So now what? Uh, now what? Shout out to the AAC, by the way, for uh, trying to get all – eight remaining Big 12 teams to join their league. I love that. I respect the hell out of that. Uh, shoot your shot. You want to be a power league? Although what's left in the Big 12 isn't exactly a power. Um, hey, shoot your shot, right? Um, but what what happens next? I think the Big 12 is going to fold, as I said before. Um, I don't know. Isn't that isn't that crazy? And that's the answer that basically everybody's given. People that know a hell of a lot more than I do about this are far more connected than I am. That's their answer is, I don't know. I don't know what's next. Does the SEC add more? I have no idea what Greg Sankey's thinking on that. I hope it's no, but no idea. Nobody does. What does the Big Ten do? Do they bring in Iowa State? That makes total sense. Geographically, good football program. Sometimes pretty good at basketball. Good fit makes sense. West Virginia makes sense for the ACC. It's a good fit. Geographically, it makes sense. Good football program. Good basketball program. Have played pretty good baseball at times also. I mean, it it, it fits there. Makes sense. But if anybody's telling you they know what's going to happen, they're lying. It's that simple. Nobody knows. It's it's the weirdest time because the answer is I don't know. I, I mean, I've, I had a couple friends text me yesterday. So so what's happening? I have no idea. What's I, I don't know. I don't know. Nobody does. Uh, it, it's crazy. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what's next. I don't know. Nobody does. Um, I just hope we find a stopping point. JB says, Borky, how, how about the golf course in Japan? That thing looked absolutely spectacular. Heard or, read, heard or read, gosh, I can't read. Zero complaints from parties involved over there. Aside from the weather, they've had a, a bunch of rain, which has uh, made it tough, but they seem to enjoy the golf course. It's, uh, doesn't seem particularly challenging. Uh, there's a lot of birdies out there, a lot of low scores. Xander Shoffley, Xander Shoffley, the American, had a great second round. He's in the lead now. I can't wait to watch tonight. Um, it is bizarre. I, I, I hate that 
th- there's no crowd there. It really takes away from what would be a really cool atmosphere. Um, but yeah, course looks good. Zero complaints at all. It's just not doesn't appear to be all that challenging to to these guys. I mean, you're looking at a situation where 20 under could win, which that's not uncommon on the PGA Tour. But this is the Olympics. You know, it should be it should be more difficult than it is. It should be more challenging than it is. A birdie fest is what you get at the you know the John Deere Classic. Shouldn't be the what is technically, although the majors do a better job of this, but you get my point, the rewarding the best player in the world. It should be on a more difficult golf course, but at least it's an existing course, unlike what we had in Brazil, that won't overgrow in a year after this is over. Like it's an existing country club that you didn't have to clear a bunch of land just to have it not exist in a year, you know? So at least there's that, but the lack of crowd stinks. Um, I wish the course was more challenging, but it's been entertaining. You've you've gotten good golf, and that's a pretty looking venue. Big bunkers. I, I like it. I've enjoyed it. I just wish it was more challenging. Karis take a stab at how many media members address Sean Payton as Sean instead of Coach Payton in the training camp, camp press conference yesterday. Um, I don't. I, I honestly. Probably none. I mean, maybe there's somebody in there. I could be wrong, but NFL media is far more professional than college media. Um, Far less homers, generally speaking, than that in college media. That's just kind of how it works. Bigger cities, bigger markets, publications demand more. Fan bases demand more. It's more cutthroat, you know? Uh, So probably none. Uh, if you know the answer, let me know. My guess would be none, though. I think all of them would address him as Sean. Um, and that wouldn't bother him at all because he's an adult. So, one, Jeff Triplett's the only one. See, that NFL media, I mean, they are different. They're, they're completely different. So, anyway. Speaking of the Olympics, um, here's an NIL story for you. Everybody's talking about what football players were making, divided locker rooms and stuff like that. And as we've learned, Bryce Young aside, although that number seems to be inflated rather significantly, as it turns out, um, not as much money as people thought there was going to be in college sports, which is fine. You know, this is what I was telling you guys about. These players don't have as much value as people were, you know, clickbaiting about. Few thousand bucks here, few thousand bucks there. Good, by the way. Good. They all should be able to get that. Matt Corral, who's going to be a Heisman contender, the preseason all SEC quarterback, you know, the best league in America, just signed a deal with Panini America. He's going to get a few thousand dollars from that. He's going to get a few thousand dollars from some other things, but it's not going to be anything what people tried to fear porn you about at all in terms of athletes and making money. Not in this case. So you guys, I, I'm sure, have seen by now Suni Lee, the uh, the American from Minnesota who won the uh, women's all-around gymnastics gold medal. Simone Biles steps out. This girl steps up and apparently was just flawless. I don't know much about gymnastics. Uh, it looked incredible. So there's that from the untrained eye from me, but she was amazing. And she stepped up in a spot where she never thought she would be Uh, A a huge underdog in this event because of Simone Biles and other good gymnasts from around the world. And she was flawless and wins the gold medal. She's 18 years old. 
not in college yet. She uh, has signed with Auburn. She's going to do gymnastics and get educated at Auburn. Um, before the Olympics, she had a uh, under 190,000 followers on Instagram. I saw this tweet this morning. She is now up over a million followers on Instagram. Now, what does that mean? If you're not familiar, that means she's about to get a whole boatload of money. She will step on campus at Auburn this fall when she enrolls officially after the Olympics are over. The most followed college athlete in the country. The second she steps foot on the Auburn campus, she's going to get endorsements from big brands like Coca-Cola, Nike, although Auburn's an Under Armour school. She is going to make bank like you thought Bryce Young's number was high wait till Suni Lee gets back from Tokyo she is going to she's going to be the richest college athlete watch she will be she will be the richest college athlete she's 18 years old hasn't stepped foot on her campus yet and she will be the richest college athlete out there and good by the way because if you go win a gold medal for the United States you should be able to capitalize and get as much money as somebody's willing to give you. So I'm so happy. It's stories like hers that make me so happy that the NIL is a thing. And, and her background's incredible, too. I mean, her parents immigrated uh, to the United States. And um, she is – I'm going to wax poetic here for a second. Forgive me, guys. I, I'm a bit of a – when it comes to our athletes, I, I'm the biggest patriot in the world. I, I love – if you're wearing USA on your chest and you're competing, I love you. You know, I'm, I'm all in on you. I, I love you. Um, her story is perfectly American, or at least what, you know, what it's supposed to be. Her parents wanted a better life for themselves and their family, so they immigrated to the United States, moved to Minnesota, and didn't have a lot, but they worked hard. Obviously, they worked really hard, and their daughter was ambitious, a hard worker, wanted just the next thing, you know? Uh, it's a story from Dan Wetzel at Yahoo, if you want to read it. You can read about her family and their journey to the United States and her journey and all that. Um, but she wanted more, and she wanted to be a gymnast, and they couldn't afford the equipment. And what did her dad do? He built it. Couldn't afford to buy it. Gymnastics is expensive, as it turns out. So he built it for her. And they go from immigrants from a foreign land. They move to the United States, work their tails off, have a daughter that works her tail off, and she eventually becomes the best in the world representing that country. And now she's about to make a killing, you know, a ton of money. She's marketable as can be, too. I mean, she just... Companies are going to have a field day because, I mean, she's she's an extremely good athlete, the best in the world. And I saw an interview with her on the Today Show this morning, and, and she's funny and nice, and she's going to make a killing. Her story, her parents' story, their journey, coming here from a strange place, not a whole lot, couldn't afford the equipment, but they built it because they knew that her daughter could be something here and an underdog wins a gold medal wearing USA on her chest. That's perfectly American, or at least what being an American is supposed to be, is her story and her family's story. 
And uh, we're a better place because people like them are here. And I love it. So forgive me for waxing poetic. I'm so sorry. I just, I, I love stories like her so much and, and stories like her family so much. And uh, buddy, she's about to make so much money. <laughs> she is about to make an absolute killing and good. She deserves it. JP says she, oh, Simone, this one. Glad you brought that to our attention this morning. Yeah, it's it's a really cool story. Uh, Dan Wetzel wrote it at Yahoo. If you guys wanted to read it, it talks about um, her, her background here. I'll actually read a quote for you from the story that uh, that I just loved. Um, that I just absolutely loved. So I'll pull it up. I should have had this up already, but... Um, Anyway, all right, here it is. So here was John Lee. This is her dad, who had come from Laos, not only never holding his bold, fearless daughter back, but also pushing her to consider even unthinkable heights, American heights. You come so your children can have a better life. Why not the best life? Why not you, he'd say. Why not us? Hell yeah. That's so awesome. That that just pumps me up, man. Fires me up on a Friday morning just like uh, our men's soccer team did last night. So, anyway. But, oh, man. Expansion, I, I don't know what else to say, guys. I, I, I don't like it. I, I want it to stop. But Texas and Oklahoma now are officially in the SEC. I think that will begin the timeline. There's a lot of stuff that has to happen between now and then. A lot of legal, posturing, maneuvering, whatever you want to call it. But do not be surprised at all if Texas and Oklahoma are on Ole Miss and Mississippi State schedule next season. Don't be surprised at all if that happens. Ross Dellinger has a story out there uh, about scheduling and the momentum for the pods. It's encouraging. Hope it happens. Uh, USA Soccer won last night. That was a fun game. SUNY Lee was incredible. You had a swimmer, a United States swimmer, who meddled, call out the Russians and say he doesn't think his races are fair if there's a Russian in it. Love that story. We'll be talking about that more on the radio this afternoon as well. But a lot of stuff going on. Appreciate you guys with me. Kind of been scatterbrained this morning. I have a a lot going on. Uh, So hopefully all this made sense. I will be back with you on, uh, on Monday morning, and we'll be talking football, more football. So thank you so much for tuning in and being a part. Uh, of this. I hope uh, everything was streamlined today. Uh, I'll get back in stride next week for sure. So thank you. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button. I would appreciate that very much. Now we'll talk to you guys again Monday morning. Have a good weekend. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.